the Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Each weekday, NBC brings you the Fibber McGee and Molly program, transcribed, written by Phil Leslie, and directed by Max Petto. Join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. For a long time, farmers, professional people, and self-employed folks had their own systems for saving money regularly. Everything worked fine until a payment was missed. Then another. Finally, complete neglect. The end of their system. The end of savings. Then came the bond-a-month plan. The easy, automatic way to buy United States savings bonds. No chance of neglect in this system. Your bank handles all the details. You simply fill out an authorization card. Then, each month, your bank transfers funds from your checking account, buys a savings bond in your name, delivers it to you. You get a bond a month every month like clockwork. That's the sure way to save money systematically. And when your bonds mature in less than 10 years, look at the nest egg you'll have. $4 for every $3 you put in. Regular saving is effective saving. Invest in United States savings bonds through the bond-a-month plan. <laughs> Mr. McGee has been asked to deliver a speech at the very exclusive Executives Club luncheon on Friday. The luncheon was canceled yesterday, but there's good news today. Listen. Terry, did you see the paper? The Executives Club is having a luncheon Friday after all. Yep. They called me this morning. Said they had an emergency meeting and decided no matter how bad business is, they got to eat anyhow. <laughs> True. So I hurried and got my speech out of the wastebasket, which fortunately I forgot to take it out and empty it last night. Oh, wonderful. I can hardly wait to hear you deliver that talk Friday. Now, you don't have to wait. Sit yourself down, man. I'll read it to you right now. With gestures and everything. Well, I'd love to, dearie, but uh, I can't right now. Too much work to do. I still haven't finished putting away these summer clothes. Oh, this won't take long. It's only a ten-page speech. Ten pages? I thought I'd keep it short and to the point. I had a lot more to say, but I didn't want to get boring. If there's anything I hate, it's a long-winded speaker that rattles on like a loose shutter in a high wind and makes about as much sense. Yes, dearie. I don't know how some of them after-dinner speakers at them luncheons can keep clapping their yaps all the time when they got nothing interesting to say in the first place. Do you? No, dear. When the guy's got important things to say like I have... Hey, incidentally, when I make my speech Friday, I, I think I'll wear my gray suit. Where is it, my good gray suit? What good gray suit? You know, the one that never would hold a crease. You know, the suit with the cigar burn in the sleeve. My good one. That old thing, I gave it away. The nicest little old man came to the door one but day. I was going to wear that to make my speech in, Molly. Oh, McGee, it was falling apart. What? You've had that suit ten years, and believe me, that suit has had it. Well, I guess I'll wear the blue one, then. No, dearie. What do you mean? Well, the man had a friend with him, and the blue suit fit him just fine. Oh. He was crazy about the belt in the back. I wish he was here now, and I'd give him a belt in the head. Doggone it, what am I going to wear to the luncheon? This is an executive's club meeting, not a nudist convention. Well, you just relax. I, I know what I'm doing. We're going downtown to the men's shop in a minute and buy you a new suit. My gosh, Molly, clothes cost money. I got no dough to squander on fancy haberdashery. Our bank account is thinner than a ten-cent hamburger. Don't, I... don't argue with Mother. I have the money all put away upstairs. I've been saving it out of my grocery allowance. You have? I have a little secret hiding place upstairs, sweetheart. 
You have? A quarter here, 50 cents there. It adds up. Oh, gee whiz. If you put it that way, I, I mean, well, I do need a new suit, but I never dreamed we could afford it on account of because... Well, a girl has to have some secrets, even from her husband. I'll go get the money and put my face on. Only take a minute. Oh, uh, okay, Tootsie. Phew. So that's what she's been piling up that money in the mason jar wrapped in the sweater under the spare blankets in the old trunk in the attic for the last three years for. Boy, am I glad to know that. I don't know whether she was saving up to run away from home or what. Because with the $47.82 that was in there yesterday, boy, I wonder who this is. Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hello there, Kimmy. Come in. Okay. What's new? What you been doing lately? Well, uh, me and Willie Toops, we've been playing ball this morning on the sidewalk out front there. Oh, you have, eh? We all, hmm? I says you have, eh? Have what? Been playing ball. With who? Willie Toops. Where? On the sidewalk out front there. I know it. All morning. He's the pitcher and I'm the catcher. Oh, don't you know how to pitch, pitch? Sure, but I don't want to. Why not? My daddy says little pitchers have big ears. Oh. I don't want that to happen to me, I bet you. Well, that's not what he means, sis. He, he was talking about a different kind of pitcher. One of them fat little round ones with a handle on one side and a spout on the other. Ooh, <laughs> that's worse. I think I'll stick to catching. Yeah, you do. <laughs> anyway, baseball is fun, no matter what position you play. I spent several seasons, you know, a shortstop for Peoria in the 3 I League. Gee, that must have been an interesting team, I bet you. Did they all have three eyes or just the umpires? No, no, no. That, that, that was just the name of the league. They had teams from Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, you see. Oh. I bet you were a wonderful baseball player, Mr. Hume, weren't you? Well, I don't want to brag, but I will admit that you never saw a ball stop as short as the balls I stopped at shortstop. Any time the batter would blow in a blooper and make a beeline for the bag, I'd beat him. Oh, boy. <laughs> you can do everything just wonderful, can't you, Mr. McGee? Oh, not everything, Teeny. Most everything, but not that. Hey, hey, mister. Mm hmm? Can you make glass? Can you, huh? Make glass? Glass? Mm hmm. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I haven't made any for a long time. Gee, I wish you could make some now because Willie just threw a wild one and broke the basement window. What? I want you to be the first one to know. What? Go on, mister. Hey, wait a minute. Why, dead rat. Molly! Hey, Molly. What's the matter, McGee? What's the matter? Yeah, did you hear a window break a little while ago? Well, I'm not sure. I thought I heard something when I was out in the back. Why? Why, that Willie Toops was playing ball again and broke one of our basement windows. You wait here. I'm going to find that kid. Oh, now take it easy, McGee. You know boys will be boys. Not with my windows, they won't. By George, somebody's going to pay for that. I want to know which window it was. Wait a minute, McGee. Hold it. It wasn't our window. It's Mr. Howell's across the street. See him out in the yard there waving his arm? Oh, his. Oh, boy. Look at him. Is he sore? Huh. A big sore head. Well, I can't say I blame him. That'll cost four or five dollars to replace it. Well, you know, boys will be boys, you know. Ah, pipe down, Howell, you big crab. Come on, back the car out and let's go buy me a suit. <laughs> to Whistle Vista in a minute. Mark Twain used to say, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. We might add, everybody talks about the bad conditions in our schools, but nobody does anything about it. 
But no, that wouldn't be quite fair. Today, good citizens all over the country are working to improve our schools. It's true that in many communities, schools are outmoded, run down, and overcrowded. But in most of those communities, intelligent, responsible citizens are joining together to improve conditions. If you'd like to do your part, join and work with local civic organizations that are trying to make educational conditions better. If you'd like to know what other communities are doing to improve their schools, just write the National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York 36. That's National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York 36. Remember, better schools build a stronger America. Want to look in the window first? There's a nice-looking tweed. No tweeds. Too itchy. Hey, there's a good-looking suit. Where? On the dummy here in the doorway. Oh, boy. Feel that material. Sir, I'll thank you to take your grubby little hands off my lapel. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, I thought you were... We're downtown to buy and sell here a suit, sir. And we... Did you say buy? You mean you really have the money and everything? $47.82. Right, Molly? 85 cents. Oh, how did you know that? Well, Mama come did? right in. Come in. Come in. Here, let me hold the door open for you. Go right in. Oh, thanks. He meant me, dearie. No, 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 no. I meant him. He's buying the suit. <laughs> Just a little joke of mine. <laughs> Sense of humor lightens up the day, don't you think? I can't tell. Well, I am Mr. Quigley at your service. Well, thanks, bud. You just look around while I get my chalk and tape measure. You know our slogan, sir. Quigley's toggery suits everybody perfect. <laughs> you understand the double meaning of the word suit there? Our suit will suit you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you get it? <laughs> Run and get your tape measure, sir. We'll be... Yes, indeed. Be right back. Boy, they sure got a lot of suits here, Molly. What kind do you think I ought to get? Well, it's up to you, sweetheart. I kind of like that flannel that Quigley was wearing. Well, you get just whatever pleases you the most. I'm not going to influence you. After all, you're the one who wears the suit. Yeah. What about this brown one? Too dark. Oh. Anyway, brown isn't a good color for you. Makes you look malarial. Malarial? Hmm. How about this blue one? You get what you want, Maggie. It's your suit. Yeah. If you like that awful shade of blue, get it. Hey, here's a smart-looking hunk of stuff, Molly. This houndstooth check with the plaid effect. If you like it, buy it. I think you'll get tired of that purple fleck in it, though. Yeah, you probably will. Well, now, how are you making out? Found exactly what you want? Well, not yet, bud. Having a little trouble making up my wife's mind. Oh, it isn't my suit. You get what you want. You're the boss. Ah, yes. A lovely, if usually erroneous sentiment, madam. Now, sir. Say, have you got another suit in stock like the one you got on, bud? He seems to have his heart set on that style, sir. Mm, no, I'm afraid this was the last of the lot, sir. But we'll find something you like. Now, just slip out of your jacket and we'll fix you up. How about a nice tweed? Too scratchy. Oh. Well, no matter. Now, here's a nice brown. Too dark. Really? Well, then, what do you say to this lovely blue? No? Well, let's not get discouraged. We have lots more. As a matter of fact, I think I may have something you'll like in the new shipment that just arrived this morning. Uh, they're right back in the back room. You go with him, dearie. I'll just read this magazine until you make up your mind. Well, don't start any continued stories, kiddo. Because if I can't find a suit like he's wearing, I'll be right out. Mm, you certainly have a one-track mind, sir. Follow me and we'll see what we can do. Okay. <laughs> Good 
Goodness, I wonder what's keeping those two. They've been in there for over an hour now. Well, kiddo, here I am. How do you like my new suit? Oh, it's beautiful, McGee. <laughs> just like the one Mr. Quigley had on, isn't it? Yep. How'd you ever find another one like it? Oh, just lucky, I guess. Well, come on, kiddo. It's all paid for. Let's go. Well, I'd like to thank the man for being so courteous. Oh, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't bother. He offered to walk us to the door, but I said no. Why? Well, he looked so funny in them striped shorts. With those knobby knees of his, I didn't want to embarrass anybody by having him. <laughs> We'll be right back. When it's entertainment you're after, you'll find the very best on this station of the NBC radio network. Tomorrow night, for example, you'll hear Robert Young, Roy Rogers, Ralph Edwards, and Eddie Cantor, each with a great program for your listening pleasure. Robert Young portrays Jim Anderson on Father Knows Best, a program which is based on the assumption that the man of the family can put one over on the wife and youngsters. Of course, it all adds up to laugh-filled entertainment that will surely amuse you and your whole family. Here, Father Knows Best tomorrow. The same night, you can enjoy the zany stunts on Truth or Consequences with Ralph Edwards. When Ralph sends a contestant off on the consequence, it usually ends up as one of radio's funniest stunts. So listen tomorrow and see what's in store for Ralph's contestants when All America plays Truth or Consequences. And if you like Western songs and adventure, you'll find none better than the ones you hear on the Roy Rogers Show. And to top it all off, hear the little-known stories of show business that Eddie Cantor tells on his show business show, Thursday's packed with stellar entertainment on the NBC radio network. Incidentally, McGee, was there any change left after you paid for that suit out of my forty-seven eighty-five? Just about enough to buy a good meal, Molly. Oh, fine. Let's stop on the way home. For the parakeet, that is. I'll get him a box of bird feed. Oh. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> NBC has brought you the Fibber McGee and Molly program transcribed. Herb Vigran was heard as Mr. Quigley and the part of Teeny was played by Teeny. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again for another visit with Fibber McGee and Molly. Just for laughs here, can you top this tonight on the NBC radio network? Oh.